Hi, I'm Kahi Shah, and you're listening to The Baking Soda Podcast, featuring startup companies on the rise. Hi, I'm Arif Damji. We believe that successful startups share the same properties as this magical white powder, namely being essential, versatile, and adaptable. Together and with all of you, we will delve further into the journey of early stage companies and their adventurous CEOs. Today's startup in the spotlight is Vellum. Vellum is the dev platform for production LLM apps and is already powering the use cases for dozens of companies. In a world where Gen AI could truly disrupt industries, Vellum enables engineering teams to save hours, iterate confidently, and continuously fine tune for even better results. Welcome, Sid, co-founder and CTO of Vellum. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for being with us today. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here as well. Thanks for having me on. What an exciting time to be building stuff, right? <laughs> it, it it definitely is. We're in a new age. And I have to say, you know, myself and Kahini have been dying to record this. I'm so glad that the time has come. I'll also say that we are complete stuckers for a good origin story. So you have to tell us, why did you start Vellum? And how did you end up meeting your co-founders? So Akash Noah and I uh, met at Dover where we were all early employees. Dover is another YC company. And we worked together for almost three years. We worked on a ton of projects together. We we knew we wanted to start a company together. We loved working together. We all knew that that was something that we wanted to have in our future. And at Dover, we actually used LLMs a lot. We used GPT-3 pretty soon after it was released. I think we uh, we got relatively early access to it. And we used it for a ton of things there, and it was the experience wasn't great. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of tooling, a lot of pain. You know, there's so much stuff that we built internally and that we wished existed. And Noah and I actually have an MLOps background, so we had built similar tooling for traditional M. You know, not not in the LLM era and the Gen AI era, but we we had a sense of kind of the tooling that should exist. And we were like, why don't we why don't we build this and build it right and make it available to people? And you know that's that's how Vellum was born. Fascinating. So you felt you felt the pain point firsthand and decided you were going to go can go and solve it yourself and hopefully enable all those other solutions. So h- how do you actually do that at Vellum? How do you how do you solve the idea all the way to production for for LLM applications? Right. So. There's, you know, there's many steps to building an LLM app. You know, it starts off as just an idea in your head, like, hey, maybe I can use LLMs for this, right? So how do you validate that, right? You need to quickly check different models, you know, iterate on prompts, try a bunch of test cases. So without tooling, this is traditionally a very painful process. So people we've seen, and us in the past too at Dover, we used spreadsheets. We used like all the different playgrounds of all the model providers. And then we have Notion docs with all our different prompts. It's a mess, right? So that's the first thing we tackled. Like that just needed to be solved. So after that, what's next, right? So you have a prompt, you know, you have a model, you chose all those things, you tested it across a number of scenarios. Cool. Let's use it in production, right? So you're using it in production. What are all the things you need there? You want monitoring. You want to like log all the inputs and outputs. You want that data so you can make use of it later and continuously improve your prompt because 
when a new model comes out, what are you going to test it against? How do you know that it's actually good? And every week it feels like a new model comes out. So, you know, it's like you, you can't just, you can't just uh, set and forget in this space, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, if you do that, you're going to be left way behind before you know it. So that's how, you know, we came up with the idea of, okay, why don't we take care of all of that? And then turns out a lot of people want to use search as well. So um, if you're using search to basically pull in context into your prompt to answer questions based on your own data, right? That's That was a big blocker for a lot of people. We noticed a lot of people were like, hey, I'd love to use Vellum. Let me just figure out the search thing first. So we heard this enough times. We're like, okay, why don't we just solve this for people? <laughs> so that's how search came about and became part of our platform. And now uh, we're bringing in fine tuning more and more because everyone just wants to fine tune models and it makes sense for many, many use cases. Very cool. How do you think about benchmarking different model performances? So like how do people know what output is good, what output is bad? And then do you have that human reinforcement learning built into the platform? Right. So there are a number, like it really depends on the use case. So, you know, for some use cases, it's super simple. You have a classification, you know, like label, you're like, okay, is it right or is it wrong? Right. Those are, those are easy. Uh, you know, like I'd say the next step up in complexity is let's say you're trying to validate JSON or something like that. Right. So that's why we built JSON and regex evaluation. So that actually covers those two together, cover a lot of use cases. Um, and in terms of like more complex evaluation, like let's say you want to, um, you know, judge whether or not rap lyrics are good. <laughs> that's one of the use cases that one of our, uh, one of our favorite customers is using us for. Then we also support, you know, you going in and labeling data and just giving, providing a manual judgment to see uh, which model did better. And I think something that's, you know, definitely on our radar and coming soon is LLM based eval of LLM outputs. And I think that's the future. Very interesting. So you think like one LLM evaluates another one and they're both different? So, I mean, it could be the same model under the hood, but <clears throat> there's been a lot of research that shows that LLMs can evaluate their own outputs and even, you know, like Indian use that data to fine tune themselves to get better. Okay. So I think LLM based LLM eval is really, really interesting. And I think we're going to see that field evolve very rapidly. You mean to like, think like chain of pop prompting or, or what else are you seeing on the horizon? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like who knows at this point, anything I say will be <laughs> deprecated in like three months. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you can have it judge the reasoning that, uh, you know, like that uh, it used to come to a certain conclusion. You can have it generate reasons why something is correct, why something is incorrect, and then have it judge which ones of those is more valid. What is competition for Vellum like? So there are the OpenAI platform. I can think of one. Um, if we're talking about search, there are companies that provide more vertical search or platforms like Contextual or Vectara. How do you see Vellum rising above the noise? Yeah, so, you know, our goal isn't to be the, you know, end-all, be-all in all of these verticals. I think that's, you know, that's impossible for, you know, an early-stage startup. But we want to integrate with people who have good solutions, 
for you know each of these verticals, and that's going to change over time. It's like you know any model provider you can use through Vellum. You can bring your own models. You know you can use whatever models you want for search. And we're going to be integrating more and more with other search providers. And in terms of uh, you know like all these players, fundamentally, they don't want to support their competitors. So they're like OpenAI is probably not going to let you use Anthropic inside their platform. Right. So fundamentally, I think these players are like not able to provide what we provide because of their own interests. That makes sense. Um, and what are you seeing in terms of what users are interested in? So do you think do users go for one of the bigger names like OpenAI or Anthropic? What is the debate on closed source versus open source? Like where do you see the foundational model wars headed? Yeah, so I think it's uh, I think it's very exciting. We see people using you know OpenAI and Anthropic a lot. We see more and more people asking for fine-tuned models. So <clears throat> we're fine-tuning, you know, the MPT series of models. We're fine-tuning Llama two. Uh, I see I see things going in that direction more for use cases that are uh, that are dealing with you know like a non-trivial amount of traffic because you know costs add up. Latency is much better. You can get just better overall performance. And, you know, now that OpenAI just released fine-tuning, then, you know, we should, like, you know, you should be able to do whatever you can do outside of Vellum in Vellum. So we're about to integrate that in the next couple of days. I have to ask about the elephant in the room, and that is hype. I think someone shared with me recently that, I think God has gone a report that said that Gen AI was at the peak of its hype cycle. And we all know from prior technologies that that, that can lead to a uh, a little bit of a challenge in the coming years. And so what does all this hype mean for Vellum and for its customer base as we look forward? Yeah, so I'm, uh, you know, I, I think we're very aware of the fact that, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype around Gen AI. And I think that's because it's a real technology. And, you know, the, the years to come may, you know, we may see a little bit of an AI winter. And to plan for that, we raised, you know, more money than we would have otherwise to make sure that we can survive that and continue to support our customers because people ultimately are getting real massive value from using LLMs and that's not going to go away just because there are less news articles talking about them and they are less, you know, like just random people using them. And uh, it's like, ultimately, this is a technology that creates value. So if anything, I'm excited for the hype to die down a little bit because that means the people that come to us are going to be super high intent and have serious use cases and we're going to be able to really drill down into their problems more easily and build the right thing for the most serious LLM users. That's fair. And I suppose when the hype dies down as well, the solutions that will win are the ones that are essential, right? They're cool. Um, and you know, for us, we always go back to baking soda and, and baking soda is essential, right? It's in every single, every single house. So how does Vellum just remain essential for all its customers as they as they build um, Gen AI tools? And, and and couldn't they do this without you? I feel like there, there are, as you mentioned, a swathe of other solutions. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, like, ultimately, there's no, there's no magic here, right? Any sufficiently dedicated engineering team could certainly build, you know, whatever part of Vellum that they need. But it comes down to a build versus buy decision. Right. Uh, any team could also build a hacky internal version of Sentry or PagerDuty or any other that you know any of the other thousand SaaS tools that everyone uses. So, I mean, in a space that moves this fast, can you really afford to do that? 
right? Can you really afford to take like weeks or months out of your, you know, like take your engineering team and like not focus on your product roadmap to build something that you could just buy for, you know, like a really low price in comparison instead, right? It's like, not only that, this isn't a set and forget thing. There's a huge maintenance burden on keeping all this stuff up to date because like this space is moving so fast, you know, who knows what, like what's going to come tomorrow. There are going to be new models. You know, the interface to the models is changing. Like we didn't even have, uh, at the beginning of this year, we didn't have chat models. Like, you know, like the chat interface with OpenAI has changed drastically. It's like, if the team is building all this tooling and also maintaining it, then they're not going to have as much time to focus on their product roadmap. And and what use cases are you seeing the most in? Is it semantic search? Is it recommendations? Is it chat? Is it generating content? Where Where is the market taking you? Yeah. So we're seeing, honestly, like such a broad, uh, like use cases that we we never even imagined. You know, it's it's crazy, like how um, how creative people are with what they're able to do with LLMs. We're seeing things from you know from text generation, like you know for creative stuff like rap lyrics, to extracting content from you know from the OCR of a PDF in order to you know like to prevent a human from having to do that, or writing sales emails, or you know like looking at um, looking at a patient's data and then generating a chat for them and like talking to them and walking them through an onboarding. It's like, there's, there's so many different use cases. It's like, you know, that's kind of why we've designed our platform to be super agnostic to what the user's actually doing. Whatever they want to do with LLMs, we want to be there to support. That's fantastic. And are you seeing more adoption from earlier stage companies, mid-sized companies, enterprises, um, and talk a little bit about your go-to-market too. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think uh, we've moved more and more up market as, um, you know, over the life of the company. We started off selling to mostly our batchmates and other early stage startups through the YC community and, you know, through, um, you know, content marketing and, you know, inbound leads. And over time, you know, we've seen, because obviously those are the companies that are going to adopt things first. They're going to be early adopters. Their entire business depends on LLMs. And then over time, we've seen, you know, existing players want to use LLMs for some of their internal tooling or customer facing stuff, bigger companies, like hundreds to thousands of people. And, you know, we're, we're now breaking into enterprise recently. We have some, uh, we have some deals late in the pipeline. So fingers crossed, hopefully that works out. That's amazing. And we were, for the listeners, we were chatting before the podcast recording about how when I worked for Booth Allen, we sold tens of millions of dollars worth of Gen 1, Elasticsearch, um, and other types of search technology. So lots of use cases and demand here in the enterprise. Um, instead, speaking of YC, we love speaking with YC founders. Um, Alex Lee from Truin actually mentioned you guys um, as one of his favorite startups in the batch. So tell us a little bit about your experience of YC. Why did you pick it? And would you do it again? Oh, well, first I want to, you know, I want to also shout out, you know, the Truin <laughs> team, you know, we love them. You know, they were like, um, they were some of our closest friends during the batch. Um, and, you know, we, we love those guys, you know, Alex, Tennyson, the rest of the team. Uh, but, you know, 
first of all, I mean, I, I cannot recommend YC enough. Like, <laughs> and it's crazy because we almost didn't apply. So, actually, Noah, Kosh, and I were um, we, we were planning to apply much later. We're planning to apply for the batch that's going on right now. And we actually went up to Noah's place. We flew up there in Vermont, and we were uh, we were just like, let's fill out the application just because it'll force us to figure out what we're actually doing and like align on like the details of the idea and like really to get our thinking clear. And then we're because we were way past the deadline. It was like November or something. <laughs> so we were like, okay, well it's done. May as well send it. And then. You know, we kind of forgot about it. And then we got an email back. We're like, okay, we have an interview. And then, you know, you can't move the interview. It's like, it's just on a date at a time. And it turns out Noah was in Papua New Guinea for a trip that he had planned for years and years and years. So he wasn't going to be there. He had like no signal. He was on like a remote island. <laughs> uh, so as, you know, Ash and I, we, just, we took that interview and we didn't hear back. You know, we... um so we got an email uh, late that night saying, okay, uh, we'd like to talk again in a couple of days. So we were sweating bullets at this point. I don't think I slept more than two hours that night or the next night. And then Noah, like it's what we asked, would it be good if Noah's there? And they're like, yeah. Right. So Noah somehow gets like the only internet on this island. He's like next to, you know, some like tiny, like a, uh, encampment that has internet and suddenly like storm clouds pass over right before and then he loses signal but then he manages to get back on just in time for the interview and you know it, i guess you know the you know it worked out I and mean, you know we we were super excited obviously we said yes immediately um and honestly without yc like we we i'm at a loss for words honestly with when it comes to expressing like how helpful it was it's like um our batchmates our batchmates are amazing our group partners to the entire yc community it's like without them it's like i don't think we would have made like a tenth of the progress that we've made so far i'm i'm curious as we we think about margins and and again you know high margin products we love the idea of being able to to grow something that's scalable has good unit economics and so how do you at bellum think about margins how do you think about pricing um and how does that change in the future uh, right now, it depends on you know how much of the platform you're using, like what the volume is, how many users, whether you want to customer success sync every week. So it really it's it's very um, it it depends on who the customer is, and you know like what we're doing for them and um, and how much they want to use our platform. But we do plan to standardize pricing um, as we as we get bigger. Makes sense. And I'm curious is, you know, you, you talk about growing with your customers and, you, you know, that taking that feedback in, you're the CTO of a company that enables Gen AI, right? And so you see under the hood of, of so many different applications, w what have been some of the learnings for you personally? What, what could you convert into advice for any of our listeners who are thinking of building a Gen AI application? Share the wisdom, please. Certainly. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, so... I think there are a lot of common pitfalls. You don't want to lock yourself into one model provider ecosystem. Like, you know, maybe you're going to want to use Anthropic instead of OpenAI or vice versa. Maybe you're going to want to try out fine-tuned models. Maybe, you know, there's so many, who even knows what's going to be available tomorrow. 
So you want to have a solution that's agnostic to all of these, you know, all of these unpredictable factors that like uh, that could change at a moment's notice. You know, there's like proptic techniques that are constantly evolving, right? So uh, you want to be able to test that. You want to be able to, and you you should be testing it because it's, you know, you you wouldn't, uh, so like traditional software is way more predictable than LLM outputs. And like, you know, you wouldn't be caught dead and like not writing a single test for, for critical production software. So I think it's, you know, um, it's like, it's even more critical to have regression tests and have a test suite uh, of just, you know, many examples, because you could make a tiny tweak to your prompt. You're like, oh, there's no way it'll break this test case, but, you know, inevitably it does. And you're going to want to know about that and know whether or not that's an acceptable trade-off. And I think one other common pitfall we see people, um, you know, falling into a lot is they have a lot of traffic, but they don't, you know, record their inputs and outputs. They don't monitor everything. And then they come to us and they're like, what, uh, what should we do? And we're like, okay, where's your data? And they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, you should start recording that immediately. And then, you know, let's, uh, let's figure this out. So, you know, you know, whether or not you, you, uh, you use us or anybody else, like you're going to want to do these things, whether, you know, you find a way to do these in house, you know, use us, use another company. Um, you, you really don't want to make these mistakes. And a question that we like to ask all of our companies is how is Nellum similar to baking soda? You know, if we could get half the, the product market fit that baking soda has, I think we'd be in a very good place. So <laughs> let me, let me take a crack at this. So I think baking soda has, you know, has something to offer anyone, right? It's like we've, we've designed our platform to also help anyone building any LLM app. It's like, we're not, we're not just there for chatbots or for document based, you know, like search or like information extraction. It's like all of those are very natural use cases and you shouldn't have to use a different tool for each of those jobs, right? So whatever you want, if it comes to LLMs, you know, we're there for you. And we've seen a very diverse set of customers and use cases. And like, it's like, we're, you know, we're, we've built with all of that in mind. Um, so also baking soda helps with a lot of things, right? It's like, whether it's, you know, like cleaning stuff, you know, a heartburn, actual baking, you know, whatever. It's like baking soda has your back, right? Same way, you know, we help with every part of the journey. It's like, whether you're, prototyping, whether you're just iterating on something that you already have, whether you want to monitor things in production, whether you want to build chains of props and like, and basically build a workflow where you're doing a bunch of different things, whatever you're doing, you know, we, there's, there's a lot of different things you can do with baking soda and with LLMs and we want to be there for all of that. And of course, I mean, baking soda, it's one of the most reliable things ever. It's like, how, how could you go wrong? Right. And the same way, it's like you don't want your LLM infrastructure to just to go down, right? It's like I think you know this space is like notorious for you know being unreliable in terms of you know just outages and errors and like rate limits and all that. And that's something that we actually help our customers mitigate. You know, it's like um, we've built our infrastructure to be extremely reliable, you know, from the ground up. And you know, with retries and fallback logic and, you know, all the other things that you would naturally need. It's like, you can actually get your reliability to be much higher than it would be if you weren't using a platform like Bowen. So do you have a favorite personal use case of baking soda? So I almost feel like I shouldn't say this, but 
Uh, my shoes are like kind of stinky sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, like hate to see it, you know, uh, but like, it's like, I've like tried like different sprays and stuff. Like, you know, I like saw a guy at the gym spraying something into his shoes. I was like, yo, that's cool. And then I got it, it like didn't really work. And then my mom was like, she was, I was home. Um, and my mom was like, have you tried putting baking soda in your shoes? And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. Right. And then she's like, let me just, let me just do it. It'll be fine. Right. And then like, <laughs> oh my God, like it, like it blew my mind. <laughs> I like, you know, it's like, is, 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 is great. I love baking stuff. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, two lessons there. Listen to your mom always and baking soda is good for freshening up your shoes. Well, Sid, Thank you so, so much for being on this podcast with us and sharing the story of Bellum. This was amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I, I love what you guys are doing and I'm, I'm really excited to see where both we go and where you guys go with the podcast. This is Kahini and Arif with the Baking Soda Podcast, featuring startup companies on the rise. Thank you to all of our listeners. And for those of you that haven't subscribed, we encourage you to do so and tune in for our next episode.